And uh, we, we looked at some of these last week. We looked at verses 10 and 11 and 12. And so tonight we'll look at 13, 14, 15, and 16. And, but uh, in verse 10, we see that uh, here uh, the, the judgment that was to come, the statement was made that uh, weep ye not at all, and, and so declare it not unto Gath. And, and so here, uh, talking about the judgment that God was uh, putting upon uh, Israel and Judah, and, and here he's saying, don't share that with anyone, don't share it with the world, don't give them the opportunity to gloat over what God is doing in your life, and, and the judgment that's coming, as a matter of fact, protect yourself from that, and I find that interesting how David had even said the same thing when Saul and Jonathan had been killed, and David uh, had said, let us not uh, declare this, let us not make it popular, and and known to everyone because uh, we want to guard against our enemy. And, and David was so particular about protecting the testimony of Israel and uh, protecting the, the, the name of Israel and God's chosen people. And, and it just showed me too in, in our own practicality in our own lives today how we, we ought to be willing to guard one another's testimony. We ought to guard the the testimony of our church family. We, we uh, shouldn't be going around gossiping and we shouldn't be telling the world all of our problems that we have in our church. And nothing, nothing kills the testimony more uh, in our churches today than somebody getting on social media and, and trashing the, the very family that, that you are a part of and how we need to guard against those things and, and uh, protect the, the uh, testimony that we have. And and so that's what he was dealing with. And then talking about rolling thyself in the dust, the house of Ephra. And I hear the, the uh, idea of repentance and remorse and shame that has been brought upon them because of their disobedience to, to God. And then he went on further and named off Safir. And Safir has the idea of beauty. And, and here the, the pride that they had in in that city of how it looked and, and how we, we need to understand that there's far more to a relationship with Christ than just looking good. It's having a heart relationship with our, our Lord and our Savior and, and, and through having that pure heart and, and, and the, the righteousness of Christ being evident in our lives, then we see uh, that on the outside and, and uh, it, it's, it's totally the opposite of dead religion. Religion is all about the outward appearance, and uh, here we see that a relationship with Christ is starts with the heart and then is shown forth through the outside and, and manifest for everyone to see. And, and so Safir, having that idea of beauty, and, and then uh, Zanin and Bethazel, and Zanin was one to, to stir, and to, uh, almost like the idea of one that was an encourager, and one that would stir to good works and one that would stir one to serve the Lord and, and, and look to Him and, and, and live for Him. And, and here we see that uh, Zanon wasn't going to be able to do that for Bethazel because they were both going to be judged. And, and uh, <clears throat> we saw also that uh, uh, Bethazel means the house of separation. And how, how are they ever going to be able to uh, celebrate and be joyful when they're separated from their God. And, and all because of the wickedness in their lives and 
not willing to repent and get things right with God. And, and then we saw Mayroth in verse 12 and has the idea of bitterness. And, and here, uh, for the inhabitant of Mayroth waited carefully for good, but evil came down from the Lord into the gate of Jerusalem. And how they thought that, oh, nothing bad is going to happen to us. And and uh, we, we deserve all of the good things that God is going to give. And, and we saw the importance of what Paul had written in 1 Corinthians 10. Wherefore let him that thinketh he standeth take heed lest he fall. And the pride and the arrogance of thinking that we deserve something good when truly we don't deserve anything good. It's only by God's grace and God's goodness and God's mercy that he gives us those things which are good and he does and and he's full of goodness and he's full of righteousness and 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 compassion and and we thank God for that and and how it ought to make us more appreciative of our savior and who we serve but then we continue on and now we get into verse 13 and he says oh thou inhabitant of Lachish bind the chariot to the swift swift beast she is the beginning of the sin to the daughter of Zion, for the transgressions of Israel were found in thee. Lachish had the idea of meaning invincible, very powerful. And they were also well known for their horses that they had and, and raising them to, to pull the chariots. And, and the chariots that, that an army had represented a, a great military power and it would be kind of like today our tanks that we have. And, and so uh, uh, here those chariots were, uh, when they had many of those, it meant that they were very powerful. And, and uh, i never done battle but like that, but you can watch some of those movies and, and you, can, you can see how devastating that, that one of those uh, uh, chariots can be and how powerful they are to be used to, to uh, win a victory and, and uh, win, win a fight that's taken place. And, and here he is, he's telling them, he's saying, okay, Lakish, go ahead and, and, and take your horses and hook them up to the chariots and, and, and flee and, and run and hide, but you're not going to be able to because God is going to judge you. And the reason that their judgment comes is because it tells us that she is the beginning of the sin to the daughter of Zion. When you look on a map, you see that the city of Lachish was in the northern part and, and it was butted right up against the uh, Israel tribes, the, the ten northern tribes, still part of Judah. But it butted right up next to those uh, northern tribes. And, and you know that, that uh, the, the ten northern tribes were taken into captivity uh, many years before Judah was, about a hundred years earlier. And they were wicked and and never did they have one godly king, those ten northern tribes. When, when Rehoboam split the countries, when, when he chose to listen to the counsel of the, wise, uh, of the young instead of the older wise people that uh, he had sought to, to get counsel for, uh, when he did that, then Jeroboam uh, took and, and, and became the leader of the ten northern tribes. And and it tells us that they were ungodly from day one. And, and you look at, uh, and, and we're going to see that because uh, it, it all comes down to this too and showing us how Lachish let that infiltrate into their, uh, into their country and into their city. And, and so if you want to, turn over to 1 Kings. I want to 
introduce you to this and, and see how these things slowly took place in, in the lives of, of uh, Judah and in the lives of all of the tribes in Israel. But in 1 Kings chapter 11, verse 28, here it tells us, And the man Jeroboam was a mighty man of valor. And Solomon, seeing the young man that he was industrious, he made him ruler over all the charge of the house of Joseph. And it came to pass at that time when Jeroboam went out of Jerusalem that the prophet Ahiah the Shilonite found him in the way and he had clad himself with a new garment and they too were alone in the field. And Ahijah took the, and Ahiah caught the new garment that was on him and rent it in twelve pieces. And he said to Jeroboam, Take thee ten pieces, for thus saith the Lord, the God of Israel, Behold, I will rend the kingdom out of the hand of Solomon and will give ten tribes to thee. But he shall have one tribe for my servant David's sake and for Jerusalem's sake, the city which I have chosen out of all the tribes of Israel. Because they have forsaken me and have worshipped Ashtaroth, look at this, they, they worship Ashtaroth, the goddess of the Zidonians, Chemosh, the god of the Moabites, Milcom, the god of the children of Ammon, and have not walked in my ways to do that which is right in mine eyes, and to keep my statutes and my judgments, as did David his father. I, I, I mentioned this this morning, too, in my devotion that, that, I, that I've been sharing with people on, on Facebook. And I was reading in Judges, and, and in Judges, there, there comes a time where, where God is preparing to judge them. They had had 45 years of peace and tranquility, and, and probably just a little bit of inner uh, fighting's going on, but no outward battles for 45 years. Things seem to be going well, and then it says that they went whoring after the gods of uh, of their own enemies and listed off seven of them, seven different gods, which were the, the gods of seven different nations, and all of them were enemies of Israel. And they had allowed that to infiltrate into their uh, into their cities and into their country and, and into their thinking and, and in their own worship. And, and here they were doing it again. And, and how, how careful it, look, if, if it happened to them, then why do we think that it's not going to happen to us? I mean, it, and it does. I mean, we, we have this humanistic philosophy that, that, that permeates our, our world today. And, and, and it's infiltrated into our churches also. And and it's totally opposite of what God tells us that we ought to do and, and who we ought to be. We, we ought to be ones that walk humbly because we know the power of our flesh. We know what devastation this flesh can do and what it can bring upon our lives and, and upon the lives of our family and, and our friends and those around us. And, and so we walk humbly and, and, and we are constantly buffeting the flesh as as Paul said, and, and we're constantly striking it down so that we don't become a castaway, and, and, and we're guarding those things, and humanistic ideas is, hey, if it feels good, you ought to be able to do it. And, and, and in our world today, how, how devastating this mindset is to the point now of, of, of where we have, we have a country, the United States of America, in God we trust, telling us that we must leave the liquor stores open. We must leave the pot shops open because we have all these people that are addicted to this and what's going to happen to them if, if they can't get their addiction? Because it's humanistic ideas that 
We have to have these things. And it's, and it's amazing how we've gotten to where we worship our bodies and, 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 and we, and, you know, we, we have all kinds of junk going on where, where you know, you, you even now you're on your own cell phone. You can take a selfie and, and edit it. And, 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 you know, I don't know if I should say this on live TV, but I'm going to. Uh, we have the picture directory, and finally it's done, right? But there was, there was a couple that had their picture taken. Nobody's sitting in here. But his fly was down just a little bit. Not a lot. But a little bit. Wes was able to edit that and zip his pants. I, I'm like, how do you do that? I mean, it's amazing, you know. And 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 so now we have we have all these selfies and and we have these people that are so stinking stuck on their selves that it's like every day we got to take a new selfie and then and it's like yeah you know and then we have we have all of our the Hollywood elites and all of those were, you know, the, and, and I think it's funny because we got these fancy HUD TVs now or high ultimate definition. And you know what? That makeup don't help a whole lot with those. You can look at it and think, man, they are caked on, you know, and, and, and I think it's kind of good. You can see the ugliness in them too. And welcome to the world of ugly, just like the rest of us. And so, except Wayne. When you got the mustache looking good. But we're so stuck on ourselves and and here we've let that kind of thing infiltrate in and and we and we've let it infiltrate into our churches where where we come now and and, and or we were we were coming in and 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 it's like, okay God, I'm here, now give it to me. Because it's about me. And and, and I hear that all the time as a pastor and 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 well we're just coming because these we need these kind of ministries for our children or we need these ministries for this and we need these ministries for this and 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 we've forgotten that what church is truly about is to come and and give ourselves in worship to God and to praise his holy name and and walk humbly with him and understand that he's the one that gives us all he's the one that protects us provides and He's the one that's given us eternal life. He's the one that, that we ought to, to, to give ourselves a living sacrifice for. Many of these gods were taking their children and they were sacrificing them upon the fires. Giving their kids to their worldly God by burning them in the fire. And, and, as, and what are we doing today? We're out of the inconvenience we take and we we. Not any different. We think, how could you throw a baby on a fire? Well, how can you suck one into pieces with a vacuum? I mean, I don't, I don't mean to be crude, but that is what it is. I mean, we, we don't want to think that it just can't be that bad. Yes, it can. And it is, and it's evil. And, and we worship upon this throne of, uh, of humanism, and, and it's everywhere, and it's in our schools, and, and it's in our colleges, and, and it's in our world system and everything around us, and we have to be different than that. And we have to stand up and walk with God and walk humbly with God and, 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 and walk in the spirit of His light and His truth. And here they didn't. We haven't either, and people can say what they want, but... We're going through a lot of this for that reason. We need to wake up. And oh, how I wish that President Trump would watch this sometime. 
President Trump, humble yourself before God. Look to him, not science, for the answers. I am so sick of hearing our politicians say that this is not political, but we are going to base everything upon science. Science is so screwed up today because all they're wanting to do is try to prove the non-existence of God that we're running around here and people are scared to death wearing a mask in their car doing 80 miles an hour down the interstate because the superbug is going to come through their windshield and go right down their throat and kill them. That's what science has taught us. Thank you, science. <clears throat> we think it's crazy, but it is. It's a fact. It's just a fact. <clears throat> I think, yeah. <clears throat> I see me in that loincloth eating locusts and honey. It's coming, you know. Uh, it's just, here we are. And, but here we have that, that they were letting these gods come in. And, and when they turned to them, it wasn't giving them peace and it wasn't giving them tranquility and it wasn't helping with their stress level at all. As a matter of fact, it was bringing judgment upon them. Same as what it does for us. As our church continues to get worldly, because our families have gotten worldly, God comes to a point where His grace his favor, his mercy stops for a moment and says chastisement needs to come. He's not chastening the world. He's chastening his people, his children, us. And so let us act like we ought to as a child that's a child of the king and turn back to our father and look to him. Here Jeroboam, when he comes in and, uh, and he's a mighty warrior, and then Ahiah comes in, rips up that, and says, you're going to have ten, ten of these tribes. You know what Solomon did? Solomon heard about it. Tried to kill him. So Jeroboam leaves. Flees where to? Egypt. Run to the world. Run to the world. And he did. Well, then it tells us that Solomon died. And so now Rehoboam comes in and seeks counsel, and he seeks counsel from the old guys and says, so what should I do with Jeroboam? And he said, treat him nice. Be kind to him and, and show him some favor. And they'll come in and, they'll, and, they'll, and we'll be a country together and, and he'll serve you as a, as a as your right-hand man, as a great soldier, and, and he'll do the things that, that need to be done, but he'll be there to help you. And he goes to the young guys, and the young guys knowing nothing. It's, it's kind of like when, when you hear of, uh, you, you, I, I hear of guys that thing goes to school with. I hear them at, at Ambassador where I went to where they, they get on Facebook and they become a Facebook theologian by the age of 25, and, and, and they start chastening their professors who have, poured their lives into them and, and have diligently studied the Word of God for 
50 years and, and pastored for 40 years or whatever, and some little punk 25 years old is, has all the knowledge that he'll ever need and has learned it all on Facebook and learned it all on the Internet and, and all of these things, and he wants to set everybody right. And, and so he goes to the Facebook theologians, and he says, okay, guys, what do you think? He said, you need to put your thumb on him, and you need to be harder on him than Solomon ever was, and you need to threaten him, and so he did that. Pretty much gave him an ultimatum. How many times does an ultimatum work? Zero. Zero. So Jeroboam came back and, and so verse 12, so Jeroboam and all the people came to Rehoboam the third day as the king had appointed saying, come to me again the third day. And he told him all of his wisdom that he lacked. And it tells us in verse 18, Then King Rehoboam sent Adoram, who was over the tribute, and all Israel stoned him with stones that he died. Therefore King Rehoboam made speed to get him up to his chariot to flee to Jerusalem. So Israel rebelled against the house of David unto this day. And it came to pass when all Israel heard that Jeroboam was come again, that they sent and called him unto the congregation and made him king over all Israel, there was none that followed the house of David but the tribe of Judah only. And so now we see a mess, don't we? But then we go on and we see the ungodliness of Jeroboam, the bitterness that was in his heart because of what had taken place, and, and, and we see that this is what happens. It says in verse 25, Then Jeroboam built Shechem in Mount Ephraim and dwelt therein and went out from thence and built Penuel. Now, if you guys remember, Shechem had been destroyed and Penuel had been destroyed by Gideon. And they had chosen not to help Gideon when he was chasing the Syrians. And, and so he said, when I come back, I'll deal with you guys. When he came back to the Tower of Penuel, he tore it down and killed everybody there. He went to Shechem and those men that were there at Shechem, he took them out and he took vines off of a, uh, of a thorn bush and beat them severely with it. said, next time, you might want to stand up for the nation of God. And the Syrians said, you know what? We are never helping the Ammonites ever again. We learned our lesson. And so then they watched Shechem, and, and Shechem, even their own men, had turned from them. But so here he rebuilds that. That, that was a... That was Truly a, a, a blemish upon Israel. Now Jeroboam said in his heart, Now shall the kingdom return to the house of David. If this people go up to do sacrifice in the house of the Lord at Jerusalem, then shall the heart of this people run again unto their Lord, even unto Rehoboam king of Judah, and they shall kill me and go again to Rehoboam king of Judah. So now his mind's thinking, right? Whereupon the king took counsel and made two calves of gold and said unto them, It is too much for you to go up to Jerusalem. Behold, thy gods, O Israel, which brought thee up out of the land of Egypt. And he set one in Bethel, and the other put he in Dan. Bethel is the house of God. Bethel was the place where Abraham had called it that, when God had used him greatly. It was there that, that uh, Jacob came back, and it was there at this house of God that God had done much work. I believe it was there by Bethel is where Isaac was at, when he saw his, his uh, wife for the first time. 
And this thing became a sin, for the people went to worship before the one even unto Dan. He made a house of high places, made priests of the lowest of the people, which were not the sons of Levi. Jeroboam ordained a feast in the eighth month on the fifteenth day of the month, like unto the feast that is in Judah. And he offered upon the altars, so did he in Bethel, sacrificing unto the calves that he had made. And he placed in Bethel the priests of the high places, which he had made. So he offered upon the altar which he had made in Bethel, the fifteenth day of the eighth month, even in the month which he had devised of his own heart, and ordained a feast unto the children of Israel, and he offered upon the altar and burnt incense. Very first king of the northern tribes of Israel set the precedence that brought them to the point where Micah's at now. And Micah is telling them, time is up. Time is up. And so here they are getting ready to be judged. Here is the city of Lachish that's right next door to all of this going on. And, and instead of taking a stand against it, had opened their arms wide open to all the idolatry of the wicked nations of Israel and brought judgment upon themselves. Oh, how careful we need to be. How careful we as believers need to be and understand that that we, we have an opportunity to show people that we trust in God. I'll trust in science as long as it goes along with the teachings of God. God's not wrong, science will be. And so science that's right is always in tune and in, 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 in biblical accordance. Always. But we don't want to hear that. Many don't. But here we see that we need to understand that it's God that we trust. I remember David wrote this in Psalm 20 in verse 7. He, he said, some trust in chariots and some in horses. But we will remember the name of the Lord our God. Let us remember him. Let us look to him. Let us praise him and worship him. Even during this time, we, we know that they, they can look all they want to for something that's going to stop this virus. And, and look, why do we have the flu every year? The flu comes through every year. It's a virus, right? And, and you have it and you, you, you have to go through it and you get an immunity to it. You build an immunity to it and then you move on. And, and that's why, because there is no cure. And so here we are hiding out, waiting for President Trump to give us a cure for something he'll never cure. But God can. God can. God can. And so we look to him. Isaiah 31 and verse 1. Woe to them that go down to Egypt for help and stay on horses and trust in chariots because they are many and in horsemen because they are very strong, but they look not unto the Holy One of Israel, neither seek the Lord. And, and look, this is a warning telling all of us too. They're, they're running to Egypt. They're running to the world. In the Old Testament, Egypt always represents the world. And so here they are. They're, oh, we've got to find our answers. And, and our answers is in the world. And, and our answers is in science. And our answers is in the medical field. And, 
and look, you, you need to look a little further than that. And, and we need to understand that you can stay on your horses and you can trust in your chariots and because they're many. And, and there's all this group out there that's telling you that this is what you must do. And, 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 and they do not look into the Holy One of Israel, neither seek the Lord. And they're going to bring judgment upon themselves. Let us not be that way. Let us not be that way as individuals. Let us not be that way as a body of believers that, that come together. We, we trust in Him. We look to Him. And so, how, how do I use my influence? Here we see King Jeroboam. He, he uh, used his uh, influence for wickedness. And we see and we give thought to Lachish and and here we see a city that was powerful and had many horses and they used their influence to, to go to the worldly side of things and now bringing judgment upon them. And, and so I just, I, I don't know why, but this verse came to my mind, Proverbs 11 and verse 30. It says, the fruit of the righteous is a tree of life. And he that winneth souls is wise. So, during this time, I mean, you can, you guys know, I mean, I get pretty worked up about the, the atrocities of our government and, and the sickening of it and how, you know, they're, they're playing God and, or dismissing God and in, in, the, in lieu of science. Give me a break. But, and, and I could let that eat me up and about has at times. But then I'm reminded, how do I use my influence? And my influence is nothing. I just want to be a servant of Christ. But as I talk to people and they ask me for advice, what do I tell them? What do I do to encourage them? I need to understand and realize that as a child of God, that here he is telling us that the fruit of the righteous is a tree of life how I need to be telling people about Christ. I, I need to be telling them about the righteousness of our Lord who is patiently, patiently forbearing everything that this world is doing against Him. But one day that judgment will come. And honestly, we, we might in our flesh say, good, bring it. But every time you go back in the scripture and God brought it, the righteous were devastated. And it was the righteous that called and begged for God to stop. Stop doing it. Please. Please, Lord. Don't let this happen anymore. Aaron ran out and stood between the dead and the living. I wonder if he wore gloves. <laughs> Had his mask on. The fruit of the righteous is a tree of life. You know, I read that this morning in Luke 24, last chapter of Luke. Jesus had died, rose again, and there at the end he ascended into heaven. And before he ascended into heaven, he showed himself to the disciples once again. And he said, peace unto you. Peace unto you. 
Let there be peace in your heart. Let there be peace in knowing that God has this under control. Let there be peace in your heart that knowing that there is absolutely nothing in this world that I want to mimic. There is nothing in this world that needs to be included in, in, in my worship of our God. There is nothing that, that this world has to offer that, that, that makes our worship any better. Because we need to worship Him in spirit and in truth. And that comes from the heart. And so, the fruit of the righteous is the tree of life. And he that winneth souls is wise. So let's win people to the righteousness of God by showing them that Jesus Christ is the answer. And that we can walk through this world and give him everything. And it's okay. I'll end with this. I have a friend on Facebook and been really struggling through all of this. And says he knows Christ. I pray that he does. But he, he, but he, he brought up a hypothetical. And he said, if I knew there was, I, I think it was seven children, that God came to me and said that if you will give your life up, then these seven kids can go to heaven. But I also want you to know that you're going to go to heaven anyway, even whether you give up your life or not. And he said, I'd give my life up. I'm like, okay. But you know what our Savior did? <laughs> our, our Savior gave us something that, and, and, and yes, I, I, I don't know how to say this, I guess, but he, he didn't deserve anything that he was given here on earth. Disrespect, hatred, mockery, sin of the world. He had all of that put on his shoulders. And he took it all. And you ever given thought to this? When, when he went and took captivity captive, he went into the depths all the way down to hell for those who are believers. Isn't that amazing? Now, there's still discussion whether he went into hell or not. Some say he did. Colossians 2, I believe, does say that, that he made a mockery of them. And when he led them captivity captive, those that were in Abraham's bosom, he led them out and took them to heaven, delivered them to heaven, and in doing so made a mockery to all the demons that were there in hell, showing them that he had power over death, power over sin, power over hell. And he did that for us. Now, it's one thing to say, yeah, I'd give my life because I know I'm going to heaven one way or the other. What if you thought you were going to go to hell? Would you still give your life? Jesus did. I'm not saying that Jesus went to hell. But I'm saying that he took captivity captive. And he took them to heaven. And he stood there at the gates of hell. And he made a mockery of the devil himself and proclaimed a victory for everyone that trusts Christ as their Savior. What a joy. What a joy. And so the tree, the fruit of the righteous is a tree of life, and he that winneth souls is wise. Whatever takes place in this world, and if 
if these power-hungry, gluttonous potentates think that they're going to be a king, and, and they, they think this is great, well, you know what? You can have it because we're just a sojourner. And yeah, I'll fight for my right to preach the word of God. And, and we have a right to do so. But if they ultimately win this battle, it's okay. It's okay because we have a better place waiting. We have a better home for us. And what I need to do is make sure that I'm righteous and show people the tree of life by walking with Christ and being righteous in my behavior, not by my power, but by Christ being seen through me and win people to him and be honest with those around us. Oh, there's such a fear, but we have the answer. And so let us not be like Lachish, who has let the world infiltrate in and brought them to a point where they lost all their blessings of God. Let us serve him. Let us look to him. Let us praise him. Let us thank him for our, our Savior, our God, our King, our Lord. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for your word. I pray, Lord, that your blessings will be upon us. Guide and direct our church family. Bless the, the requests that we have. Father, you will be lifted up and honored in our lives. Guide us throughout the evening. Use us the rest of this week in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you. You're dismissed. So how many think I'm crazy talking about Christ going into the depths of hell? It's good. But you're going to be wrong anyway. <laughs> See, I, I had that discussion with Dwight. Dwight thinks he went into hell. I told him, I said, I'm not sure. But I know that.